0: Well, good morning, my friends. This is podcast number four four three for Tuesday, December twenty first. I want to apologize for my voice. I have been uh, under the weather a little bit. I did take a COVID test, and um, it was negative, so I'm excited about that. But I'm struggling a little bit. But um, I wanted to uh, to continue to be faithful to bring these podcasts to you, and so. This is, again, podcast number 443 for Tuesday, December 21st. As we approach Christmas, um, I wanted to do a series on called The Incarnation, so grab your Bibles, grab your notepads, we're going to turn to the, the book of John, and then we're going to get into some Old Testament scriptures uh, that prophesy the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. So first of all, let's look at John one fourteen, which will be our memory verse for this series. And this series will probably go farther than Christmas, which is okay, because we're learning about our Savior. So in John chapter 1, verse 14, it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen the, His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. That is a scripture that we will use quite a bit in this series, and probably... We'll break it down a little more. In thinking about this series and doing some studies, I came across an article which I'm going to post the link to on the bottom of um, of all of these um, podcasts in this series. It's from a man named Stephen J. Wellam who's a professor of Christian theology at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary and editor of Southern Baptist Journal of Theology. And he does a a series on on Jesus and on the Incarnation, and Incarnation simply means God in human flesh. I say simply because the act was not simple, but just the definition is God in human flesh. So let's look at John chapter 1, and we're going to go back to the beginning of John 1 and read five verses there. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And then slip over a page to chapter 1 of verse 18. At least it's a page in my book, my Bible, so it could be different in yours. Verse 18 says of chapter 1 of John, No one has seen... Ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. Remember in Exodus chapter 34 when Moses wanted to see God, God told him, no one can see me and live. And so what does God do? He wraps himself in human flesh and um, comes to us. So let's look at some scriptures in Isaiah. I wanted to start by going backwards a little because there are over a hundred and some say more prophecies about Jesus um, and his first coming. But what I wanted to do is just share a few of them with you about the fact that, um, about his birth. So look at Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 4. Now in Isaiah chapter 7, for you Bible scholars, you know that this is, has dual implications it was it was about someone who would be like a savior or a redeemer or rescuer to Israel back then, but it was also looking forward 700 years before the birth of Jesus Christ. So verse 14 says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. So we're looking at the conception of Jesus Christ here. And we're looking at the name Emmanuel, which means God with us, meaning that God came to us. We didn't come to God, but God came to us. So we have his His birth prophesied 700 years before he was born. And again, this is a dual prophecy. It had a fulfillment at this time in the time of Ahaz, but it also had a fulfillment in the greatest day Uh, The world has ever known when Jesus was born. Now, let's look at uh, Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 and 2. And this is um, a light to the gloomy Galileans. Verses 1 and 2 says, But there will be no, no gloom for her who was in anguish. In the former time, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time, he has made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. And why is it glorious? Verse 2, because the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. This is talking about a light that would come to Galilee. And you'll remember, and let's just actually turn there back to John and hold your spot there in Isaiah. In John chapter 1, Jesus is calling his disciples. And um, in John 1, uh, verses uh, 45 and 46, um, Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of whom the Moses and the law and the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Verse 46, Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. Why would he say that? Because the Galilean region was a tough region, a lot of fishermen, a lot of difficult, um, situations and difficult people. And, um, and it was not a place of of bright and cheery people, and so Nathaniel here um, says, "Can anything good come out of that region of Nazareth, which is in the region? Excuse me, Nazareth is in the region of Galilee." And the answer ended up being, yes, indeed, something good can come out of Nazareth, which is the region of Galilee. And so we see this prediction again, hundreds of years before Jesus was born, about where he would be born, he would be born in that area, and the great light would come out of Nazareth. Now, let's look at uh, chapter 9, verses 6 and 7 of Isaiah, chapter 9, verses 6 and 7 of Isaiah. It says, for unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. We see the God-man there. We see the child born, the flesh. And we see the son given, which is the gift of God. Um, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Romans 8.32 says, he did not withhold his son, but gave him up for us. So we see the gift of God wrapped in human flesh. Then it goes on to say, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. We won't go any farther in those verses, but there are so many verses in there. You could actually read that, a few more verses, and it talks about um, Jesus here, the child that was born, the son that was given, the God-man incarnate, wrapped in human flesh, as we saw in John 1, 14, And upon his shoulders, the government will be. Uh, But look at the names that that Jesus um, is called. He's called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. All of those are messianic names. And all of those are names that can only be given to talk about God. So let's look at Isaiah chapter 11. And you can read Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 through 14, but for the sake of my voice, I'm just going to go ahead and read four, which are um, the four that I want to concentrate on. Isaiah eleven one: There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, and the spirit of wisdom and understanding the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of fear of the Lord. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what he, his eyes see or decide disputes by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall um, strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, which is the word of God, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Here is... Pointing to a time when Jesus would fulfill um, the Davidic com- covenant, which we find, and let's go back there to Second Samuel chapter seven. Second Samuel chapter seven, toward the end of David's life, God makes a promise with him to the Davidic covenant, and we look at verses twelve and thirteen of chapter seven of Second Samuel. So it says this, Second Samuel 7, 12, when your days are fulfilled, God is talking to David and you will lie down with your fathers. I will raise up from your offspring after you um, who shall come from your body and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be to him a father and he shall be uh, to me a son. When he commits iniquity, I will discipline him with the rod of men and with the stripes of of the sons of men but my steadfast love will not depart from him as I took it from Saul whom I uh, put away from before you and your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before you your throne shall be established forever we see there David's uh, God's promise to David that Solomon would follow and then eventually there would be a king that would sit on the throne who would be the final king and he would be the Davidic king and the the Jews um, believed that the Messiah would be the one who would sit on the throne of David and it would be an everlasting kingdom. They didn't understand how it would work. Um, they got confused. They didn't understand how Isaiah 53 could fit into that picture, the suffering servant. So many of them said, well, there might be two Messiahs. There might be the king Messiah and the suffering servant Messiah. And then some said, no, Isaiah 53 is not about the Messiah, it's about us as Jews. Now, a final Old Testament scripture that I want to share with you about Jesus' birth is in the Minor Prophets right after Daniel. We get into the Minor Prophets. There's 12 of them. They're minor only in the amount of what they have to say. And we're going to look at the book of Micah and after Jonah. Is the book of Micah, chapter 5 and verse 2. Chapter 5 and verse 2 of Micah says this But you, O Bethlehem Ephrat, Ephrata, there's two Bethlehems, and that's why the prophet mentions them, mentions this one, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah. Remember that Jesus would be the lion of the tribe of Judah. So we see the lineage here. From you shall come forth for me, one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from the the old, uh, from of old, from the ancient of days. Um, this is a, a prophecy about where Jesus would be born. Remember, he was born in Bethlehem. And then he... Um, was taken into Egypt another prophecy that would be fulfilled and then he came into from Egypt to Nazareth and that's where Philip talked or Nathaniel talks about can anything good come out of Nazareth so you see the string of how God is in control of this situation and so as we look at ahead over the next few days we're going to look at what it means for Jesus to fulfill this role to be wrapped in human flesh and Uh, the bulk of our time we will spend in John chapter 1. But today I wanted to go backwards a little bit and look at the Old Testament scriptures. Now, there were over 300 about Jesus' birth and first coming, his first advent. Um, And if you boil them down, some um, prophecy people believe that you could probably pick them apart a little bit and bring them into about 100 to 103 prophecies. But just these few should show you the exactness of the word of God. That hundreds of years before Jesus would be born, it was prophesied that he would be born in Bethlehem. It was prophesied that he would um, come out of, of Nazareth. It was prophesied that he would be in the Galilean region and he would be a light to that region. It was prophesied that he would fulfill... Um, the Davidic covenant and he would be the king that would be on the throne. It was prophesied that he would be 100% God and 100% man as a, as a child is born, a son is given. And so as we look at this, I want us to understand that Christmas is so much more than ornaments and trees and lights. It's more than presents under the tree. It's about the greatest present of all. God became flesh. Emmanuel God with us. Turn to Second Peter chapter 3, 2 Peter chapter 3, and verse 18, and I'll close. It says, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. God bless you. Until we talk again.